American interference is nothing new on the continent. However, there are certain countries that do not tolerate it by any stance. And you know, sometimes when it's just interference in politics and them saying, we would like you to go this direction or this direction, fair enough. When it's them saying, these are the kind of values that we uphold in America and we'll be grateful if you give them a thought, fair enough. But sometimes the interference goes way deep into things like judicial issues. And that's where the president of um, Rwanda, Paul Kagame, draws the line. So Rwanda went through a genocide and some of the perpetrators of the genocide had been apprehended, arrested, and they were doing prison sentences. However, America was not very happy about that. And they were lobbying, particularly Tony Blair, lobbying for one of the people to be released. And the president of Rwanda was not very happy about that. What are we going to have to deal with here? There's a serious case here, but it will be nullified because somebody in the United States is saying so. Well, some people may find that normal. I don't. Rwandans don't. So we might so, find... So is Blinken's advocacy and determination of, of him being wrongly detained helping his case or hurting his case? I think from what I have said, you can conclude. Mm. Yes. Oh. Because we've made it clear, there isn't anybody mm. going to come from anywhere to bully us into something to do with our lives. And we accept it. it. Just finally, is there in a maybe make an invasion and overrun the country you can do that but that, is there an arrangement hello there how are you doing welcome again to another episode of our conversations my name is Indira Ganga I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator and I love coming on here talking about Africa black people our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage today I want to have a conversation about an interview that the president of Rwanda Paul Kagame had a while back now Paul is known as one of those people who just speaks his mind, says it as it is. He's very careful about the alliances that he's formed and he is very keen to maintain autonomy of his country. If you're doing business with him, you're doing business, but outside of that, he is very adamant that nobody's going to um, twist the country into doing what they're not comfortable with. And he's gotten into a lot of heated back and forth with journalists, particularly when they ask about, you know, um, things to do with values and human rights and LGBTQ. The man has always maintained his stand and that is what it is. And he's also known for not mincing his words. In, in the recent past, there has been a lot of conversation about the complicated relationship between Africa and China. China has been pumping a lot of money on the continent in terms of aid, in terms of development grants, and also in terms of just loans for African countries to be able to develop infrastructure and fill up budgetary holes. America and the West have not been very comfortable with it, with this notion as they have said that China is trying to debt trap Africa into a debt cycle that it will never be able to get itself out of. Now, China has a very interesting model of doing business. If you want money, they're going to give you money, zero conditionalities. Business is just business, you know. 
and that is where it's a little bit different from the west because when the west is giving you money the money comes with an agenda the money comes with a million and one strings attached to it china does not work like that but then again china is not very thorough right and that i think is where people bring the point of they are trying to trap you because the contract is just a contract and it's almost like they're not worried about your inability to pay and that brings the point of them reclaiming the port of Sri Lanka. There was a time there was an issue with the airport in Zambia because Zambia was unable to pay back its debt to China. And so a lot of these things and how China does its business, it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't scrutinize the deals. So there's a lot of room for misappropriation of funds and corruption when you're taking money from China. But the bottom line remains that China doesn't care what you do with the money because at the end of the day, one way or the other, you'll have to pay them. And so in the interviewer asking President Paul Kagame what he thinks about that debt trap and debt cycle between China and Africa, President Kagame just says it as it is. Both parties are very problematic. There's something to be said about China's adamance of giving Africa money over and over and over again. Yet you know the financial ability and capabilities of this continent. You know that there are certain countries that you give money that have a history of misappropriation. Yet you do not do your due diligence when you're giving them money. So what is your real agenda when you're giving these people money? There's also something to be said about African leaders that are greedy and keep going to China to take money that they know their governments have no means of being able to repay back. Case and point, Kenya, they went and took a huge loan from China to do the standard gauge railway. They misappropriated the funds. They gave us a substandard railway. They could not even finish the project. Now Kenya is left with debt. If you look at the nitty gritties of that contract, a time came when bits of it leaked and it said that China will have total control of the railway station for 25 years then give it back to Kenya. Most of the raw material that was used in the project came from China. Most of the labor came from China. So the money is left in China. Then they are bringing labor to your country. So the benefits that you get are very little. And that's exactly what President Kagame points out. If there is uh, any debt trap within a country and China, I think we should blame it on both sides. Because if you keep being drawn into a debt that you're not sure how you're going to pay to repay the debt, then you also have a problem as the one who keeps giving you money. But for them, those ones who keep giving you money and knowing that you want to be able to pay, maybe for them the, it's a plan. In the end, they own everything about you. So that's a problem. But I have to say this, um, given China's or any other country's investment, say, in Africa, China will necessarily find a way to bring their money into Africa because it is simple that there are gaps and therefore they take advantage of filling those gaps. Mm. But my question should go to the other side, whether United States or Europe or others. Where are there these gaps? Mm. Why don't you make the investments?
the investments, gaps that China takes advantage of and comes and does whatever they do. So you can't complain about China coming to Africa and doing whatever they are doing, hmm. bad or good, and you are there not doing anything about investing yourself in the hmm. continent. Hmm. I think this has to be looked at critically and maybe it will help address, address most of this. Some people may not go to China if they are having what they need with others. President Kagame also says that one of the reasons why African countries are looking away from the West is because of the terms of business that comes with doing business with the West. As I had mentioned Ali, Western powers are not very easy people to deal with. What you see is not what you get. There are always a million and one layers to it. If you're taking money from Western countries, just know that you've literally sold your soul to the devil because one, first of all, there's always a lot of lobbying with multinationals. And so by the time they're giving you money, the multinationals that had lobbied at the national government with their governments will have something to give from your country in terms of licenses, in terms of permits, in terms of um, shipping out profits. And so it's just a very complicated balance, you know. And also, again, values, you know, the money comes with conditionalities. This is who we are right now. This is where we are. This is what we believe in. And if you want us to give you money, if you want us to do business with you, then you're going to have to change the core and the DNA of who you are to align with who we are as Western powers in, in order for us to give you money. And President Kagame says that makes it very difficult to do business with people like Americans because why should I have so much to lose? Yet this business deal benefits both of us. United States of America needs to think uh, seriously about how to deal with Africa in a very beneficial way in terms of investing and the different investments that uh, could come by private sector, I think would make a big difference. Our task in Africa has been also to prepare the environment to welcome these investments, big or small. Uh, it is our task. I, I think people do not just walk into Africa or Rwanda or any place until there is something that is attracting them. We have to create that attractive environment uh, for that to happen. And we have to speak out and speak up and talk about it and keep demanding so that uh, but those are the complaints you know but the attitude of course in between this was saying I, I was saying I don't know I don't know exactly what to, to make of it I don't know how we can change the attitude uh, with which people look at Africa uh, other than trying to prepare the side or side Rwanda and Africa to say here we are we, 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 we want this we, we are worth this we, uh, you come to us let's do business but still it is the other side to make the decision whether that makes 
since to them or they would rather go somewhere else. President Kagame has also faced a lot of criticism because he's, in, he's been in power for a long time. They changed the constitution to also enable him to vie for a third term. And he was asked if he is going to be in power forever or he's going to consider being a senior president or a senior prime minister at some point. And he answered it very cleverly and said he doesn't see himself in power forever and he's looking forward to a time when he can retire and just be a senior citizen. However, it's important to note that he did not say when. You know, this uh, being president came to me by accident, actually. Mm. Uh, when it came, I embraced it, tried to do whatever I could do with it. And then uh, I, maybe I became a victim of what I was able to do with our people. Uh, otherwise, for me, it's, it's not. Uh, somebody else was supposed to be president, but mm. and did for some time. Then uh, people came to me and said, "We told you because I had refused to be president at first. Because I even felt I wasn't prepared. I, mm. I just, I had just uh, in '94 come out of the war and all this chaos." And, and, and I thought I could be doing something else mm. better. Uh, but those who I thought qualified better than me came, tried before too long. I think the first time was six years, somebody spent there and uh, got, ran into problems. And then, so for me, it's really not a big deal. I, I think I've done what I could as a person human being, and uh, I, I'm happy to leave the stage and go anywhere and just keep looking back and say I made my contribution. Well, that's all I had for you in this episode of The Conversation. My name is Ndiro Ganga. I'll see you again next time. Let me know what you think about this conversation in the comment section.